Welcome to Jesus in Therapy. We're your hosts, Kev and Jess. This is a space where we infuse the Word of God with mental health matters. So sit back, enjoy the conversations, and feel free to follow us in our Facebook group, Jesus in Therapy. Listen, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to stay updated as new episodes are released. Enjoy. We are so excited to introduce you to our dear friend, Edison Jacquez. I'm going to give you a little bit about about his background before we jump into our conversation. Mr. Edison Jacquez was born in the the Dominican Republic and moved to the United States with his family at the age of seven. He graduated from Perth Amboy High School and has a bachelor's degree in business management from Berkeley College. He is currently employed at the Passion Care Center, where he serves as a mentor and drug and alcohol counselor. In addition to his current position, Position. He is the CEO of B Men, which is a m- mentoring organization, and also he is the co-founder of Beautiful, B-U-Tiful, and that is co-founded with his wife. And all of his mentoring organizations are designed to enhance the lives of today's youth. He has three literary works that he has self-published, titled "A Second Chance: Life Lessons Turned into Living Dreams," a second literary work, "Turning a Mess into a Message." And his third, Believe in Your Dreams, which is a children's book, and he is currently working on his fourth. I don't want to delay this conversation any further. He has a testimony, and I am so excited that he decided to join us in this conversation. Without further ado, ado, please help us welcome Edison Jacquez. This episode is brought to you by Red Naval Apparel, a clothing brand that was created for his glory. Visit their website at www.rednavalapparel.com. Well, listen, so good to have you on. We have our dear friend, awesome man, Edison Jaquez on, and welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. You already know, you know, we're family, so this this is... Uh, an amazing time to be able to be here with you guys and doing this podcast. So thank you for awesome. having me. Nah, no doubt, man. Listen, tell us a little bit about yourself and and uh, how your journey got started and, and okay. where you ended up. Okay. Well, you know, so I, I, I will say the typical growing up in the projects, um, you know, low-income home, um, parents work two jobs, uh, trouble kid. Um, and the only reason why I say trouble kid is because I fell into the the the, the pressure of, of people labeling me at an early age, you know. So once I heard so many so 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 much people saying, "Oh, you a trouble kid, you a bad kid," I kind of fell into that category and did things and made choices that made me a trouble kid. Um, so growing up, really didn't have too much goals or hope. Um, there wasn't too many people around me, even though I had great parents. Still do to this day. I didn't have um, a great role model or example growing up saying, oh, you know, when I get older, I want to go to college. I want to have a career. It was just mostly, you know, well, I'm going to get through high school, maybe get a a warehouse job somewhere and just live life like that. Like everybody else expect me to live life. Um, But something told me that I could be better than this. And seeing so many of my friends uh, fall victim to the streets, going to jail and and just be so negative, kind of wanted me to to challenge that. And that's how I got to where I'm at now, uh, which, you know, is a lot more to that. But I had to change my I had to change my, my perspective 
of my surroundings and, and, and my circle to make me realize that I could be a better person. Better person is an understatement, okay, for what you have become. You were able to beat all the odds, you know, and there was one thing you told me that really stood out to me. You said, whenever an individual leaves the, you know, they're released from prison or whatever, you know, that sometimes the guards will say, we'll see you back. Yeah. It's almost like an expectation that they're going to be back in the cycle. And that yeah. just really, I was like, bro, we have to talk. Yeah. Because this is something that you don't really hear a lot of churches talking about, you know, prison reform, incarceration rates, what the church can do on, a, on that end, and actually talking to people who can walk them through the process. What moment was it that where you were like, I'm, I'm not going back and my life is going to be different. I'm going to make a, me a message out of this mess. <laughs> it's funny you say that because that's, that's the title of my second book, Turning a yes. Message to a Message. Um, mm -hmm. Anybody listening, but... I would say it was just seeing so many people my age thinking that it was normal to be in there. Mm. I think, you know, just having to wake up like it's a normal day and, you know, hey, guys, you know, we're going to go outside today or, you know, get ready for, you know, lunch, whatever. And just like they going through the day like it's normal for them to be there and they are okay with being there. That was my moment to kind of be like, wow, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. But at the same time, let me, let me do the best I can to kind of show them why I don't belong here. And hopefully they get it too and they kind of program themselves to understand that they don't belong there either. Um, you know, you were here, kids 18, 19, screaming like, oh, my cousin just got locked up. He's gonna be here with me. You know, my uncle's here. Like, so it, it's just, they made it so comfortable and normal um, wow. for them not to even want to leave. As, as bad as it sounds, I, I had people, young kids say, you know, I'm good here. I don't got no family in the outside. Um, mm. You know, and that struck me hard and deep because I'm like, so much potential that's just going to be lost. Um, that's why your ministry is so powerful, Edison, because you you saw the culture inside. And a lot of people don't talk about that. A lot of people don't talk about the the cultural norms that are created. My, that just hit me just now. The fact that you said that people woke up in the morning, like, oh, we inside, we're in jail, but that's this is the norm. Oh, yeah. let's go to lunch, let's go outside, let's go to breakfast. And that's just what they look forward to. Tell me what inspired your your first book. And, and I, I could tell from your story, but um, your first literary work, A Second Chance, Life Lessons Turned Into Dreams. And let me tell you something. Tears were in my eyes when I, um. so before we like officially met, tears were in my eyes when I bought, I bought two copies of your book and I gave a copy to a dear close friend of ours, Eli. And uh, Kevin and I read the, uh, the, the book and... Um, I, when I read your words were like, I felt like I was in, in there with you. Like you were talking so freely and just so honest about the experience you had, but you were so hopeful. Like, I don't belong here. Right. A lot of people don't belong here, yeah. but I have to get away to let people know that there's a second chance. What, tell us a bit, a bit, a bit about that book, A Second Chance. Um, oh, that was, that was a tough book. And to this day, I, I call that my baby because, um, it took a lot. It took a lot, you know, and I got to give all glory to God because he humbled me in a way that I would never thought I could be humble before I even wrote the book. You know, sometimes we fall into the, uh, okay, you know, I'm writing this book because I want people to know my story and I want to hear about me, 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 but not understanding that if it wasn't for God, I would, the book wouldn't even be possible. So I, I struggle with that. Um, I struggle with family members, you know, saying, you know, why do you want to tell your story? 
Why do you want people in your business? You know, why do you want to tell them about your experience? Um, and that title came so fast because I'm like, God gave me a second chance. He, he, he I got out. I, I'm able to, you know, to now do what I want to do and, and live my dreams and, and, you know, and still be able to, to accomplish my goals that I had that people thought that it was over for me, you know? And the funny thing is, and, and, and this also is something that touched me too, is that so many people I, I hung out with, so many people I grew up with, when this happened to me, they turned their back on me. Mm. And, and the first words that you will hear some of them saying is like, oh, that's it, it's over for him. You know, he, he, his record's done. Um, you know, everybody gonna talk about him when, when they find out he did this, he did that. You know, and, and, and that stuck with me because I'm like, wow, you guys turn your back on me now when I was always there for you guys. Um, but it's okay, you know, because cause I know, I know I'm know i going to get through this. And even if I get through this with just God by my side, I'm, I'm going to still get through it. And that's exactly what happened. So I felt like I had to give God the glory for giving me a second chance. And then he said, not only am I going to give you a second chance, I need to tell people what I did for you. And that's, where the, that's how the book was birthed. Um, and I honestly put everything aside. I didn't care who was going to judge me. I didn't care who read the book. I don't care who talked about me. I said, you know what, I'm going to publish this book. And I hope I change at least somebody, one person mindset for doing negative to, to maybe doing positive for themselves because, you know, it was a mistake on my end and it was a choice that I made and I dealt with the consequence, but I felt like, you know, I needed to tell people that, that you know, it could be done. Now, not to let your past be the reason why you can't move forward and not to be stuck in a place that everybody else wants you to be stuck at. So that's how the book was birthed. Um, I, I just had to lay it all out and let people know that, you know, once once you have God in your life, man, He can make miracles. And to me, that was a miracle that He did for me. Man, that, that's that's so awesome, man. And it just goes to show, you know, whatever got you into that situation may not have been God's will, but you learning from that and helping others yeah. is part of the whole script that talked about. He'll He'll make everything work together, right, well, for your good. And it's for those that are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. And his purpose for you was for you to be able to give others hope. Yeah. Right. And especially now with what people are going on now is what we're all looking for. Where everybody, I don't care what uh, phase of life you're in, everybody needs hope. Everybody's looking for hope. And in that book, you give that. You show there is a second chance for you. There is hope for you. And it is it's so, so amazing. Uh, that you're able to be as transparent as you were yeah. in that book. Um, and, and like Jessica said, you were so real and so vivid uh, with your description. So um, it was such an awesome read. Uh, I wanted to know what, what could churches or, or what could the body of Christ do to help support those that are inside or those that are re-entering society? What, what could we do? And just to kind of clarify what we're talking about in case somebody's just now tuning in or listening. We're talking, but when we say inside, we mean incarcerated or in prison, yeah, right. um, locked up. So, yeah. Um, it is, this is going to sound so simple, um, but I, I am going to, uh, you know, go more into details. But I will say have faith. I, I, I think, you know, the, the word faith gets thrown around sometimes, even in the churches. And it's, it, it don't get, it don't, the action don't come too much forward into it. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I, I think, once you go through the system, right, once, once you're incarcerated or, or you get a charge or whatever the situation may be, uh, and I'm not talking about just the church, I'm talking in general, people lose faith in you. 
um, you know, they lose faith in you and, and, and even the fact that when you come out, you're going to be a different person than what you went in. Um, and I think the churches um, just need to have more faith in, in that, that people deserve a second chance and that people make mistakes and that we're not perfect. The only one that's perfect is God, you know, and, 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 and if you are a, 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 a person of faith, then you will understand that some people struggle different than others. Um, you shouldn't judge or, or, or treat somebody differently because they have, they have, um, they went through the system or maybe they've been in jail before. And I think that was a big struggle because my father always grew up in church. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a pastor now. And, um, I remember before I went to jail, um, you know, it was normal, you know, it, it wasn't too much of like him challenging me to, to get to know the Lord. Right. And then when I went to my situation, it was like, he got closer to me. But at the same time, he kind of was a little bit, I kind of felt like he was a little bit ashamed in, 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 in kind of telling his friends or his church um, friends and, and ministry, like, oh, you know, my son is in the situation or my son is in jail. Um, just because maybe they will look at him different. Maybe they will start questioning him in ways he probably didn't want to be questioned. And I, I always reassure him on the phone, like, listen, you know, whoever asks you, just, you know, be honest. <laughs> you know, be honest. My son made a mistake. He's in jail. And you know, let's pray for him and hopefully he'll come, he'll come out a different person, which I knew in my, in my mind that that's what, that was my goal. But, but just to answer your question, I think that the church needs to have more faith that everybody that go through the system is not who they think they are. And, and they shouldn't be judged or labeled as bad people. Um, because, you know, my story speaks for itself. You know, I do a lot with churches. I, I try a lot to kind of, you know, help people in, in that ministry to deal with people that have been incarcerated for them to be able to have a chance. You hit it right on the head many times. Uh, sometimes we need to show the love that they can't show themselves yeah. until they're able to, yeah. right? They need to see a different side. They need to know that we're not going to count uh, the sins against you. We're not going to judge you. We're going to have faith that you can get better, that, that you can take an uh, advantage of this mm -hmm. second chance, right? Mm -hmm. And help them get, uh, to live a much better life. Yeah. And, and you know, there's something key you say, you say, you know, uh, then the church coming to the place and praying and having faith and showing a good face. But then when, when you come out, what is there, you know, they don't want to be associated with you because yeah. oh, they have a record. Oh, yeah. they really go to the church when they get out. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. um, I read this uh, statistic on like the New Jersey Ref reformation prison reform page. Um, and it was talking about how like, Churches who provide services to inmates provide uh, increase their chances of reducing recidivism. Going back into the system well, yeah. by percent. Yeah. Uh, can you speak a little bit to that? We're, we're, you know, did you see the churches, you know, represented, and and did, do you believe that the statistic ha has some truth to it? Yeah, yes, I, I believe in that hundred percent. Um, even when, when when I was in there, um, the different churches came in, you know, and they had different like a schedule where. Bible study or when the outside church came in, you will go down there, they will talk to you. Even if you're not a believer, you know, they open the door for anyone. And I, I felt like that, that group, something changed in them after a while. I'm not going to say it was overnight. After a while, you can see the change in them a month, two months, three months. You can see that they really want it. It's just, they, they kind of are, are in the, in the midst of like, do I, I want it, but I don't want to be judged. I want it, but I don't want to be laughed at. I want it, but I don't want to be picked on. You know, so it's like an internal battle that you deal with. But, you know, believe it or not, it's a good battle. Because before that battle, you didn't know who the Lord was. The six months that I was in there, I, I got closer to God than my whole life that I was outside. 
And I grew up in church. Mm. I think I spoke to you about this too, Jess. I grew up in church. You know, my father forced me to go to church every Sunday, every Thursday, faithfully. And yeah. then, you know, and, but, but then, you know, but then it got to a point where I said, you know what? I, I like this. I'm around people. I'm around good people, you know, good spirits. I like this. And I started learning a little bit more about church and, and what, what church is, what worship is, you know, what the word is, what the pastor duty is, who this, and, you know, and I kind of started liking it. But then the, the street kind of pulled me, right? The street kind of pulled me a little bit out of church. And then I started kind of going into what the world was, was offering, Right. Not that it was it was nice, but it painted a good picture for me at the moment. You know, being with your friends, hanging out, going to the clubs, you know, all that all that stuff that seemed good at the moment. Um, and that's how I kind of got away from church a little bit. Is there a scripture uh that that you really use during your difficult time to kind of help get you through it? Do you have one or two that, that you would like to share with us? The 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 number one that I use everywhere and is all over my Instagram uh, um profile is Jeremiah 29 11. Uh I I, I think it's for the people that know it uh, uh, you know it's so deep because you know he he tells you that that he he has your back right he has your back he's not gonna leave you you know his future for you is is is, is, he already all your steps as long as you lean on that you know I always lean on Jeremiah 29 11. I think that scripture just 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 touches me in a different way because my story and everything I've been through I could have a long time thought the enemy could have put in my head that, you know, the Lord is not going to help me. But he always you know, said, I have to back. You know what I love about that scripture? It is he, in that scripture, he shows you that it doesn't matter what direction you take. He has a way out. So he's, he didn't say, I know the plan I have for you because he gave us free will. Mm-hmm. And he knew that some of us might make wrong decisions. So he said, I know the plans. So when you go this way and then you should be going to the right, but you go to the left, I still have a plan. I still yep. got your back, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So I love, I love that scripture too, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm getting the chills as you saying that because I'm like, <laughs> it, 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 it goes with me all the way. It goes with me all the way. Like that, that was just, you know, I tell people like that was just a detour that, that he had for me, you know? Yeah. People like, you know, this is what I get to. I want people to really understand this part, right? A lot of people ask me like, how are you so positive? You know, how, how can you sit here and say that, you know, God, there's God, that, in that situation, like you was in jail, like who would want to go to jail? I said, I understand that. Nobody would like to go to jail, right? But that was a detour that I needed for my life. I wasn't going the right way. Right. So guess what? I, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. If you don't want to understand that, I respect that. But I'm okay that God gave me that detour. You know why? Because I needed that detour to understand that he's number one and he's the only one I should be able to to you know, to listen to and have a relationship with because he's the one that's going to get me out of this. Tell us a little bit about the three books you have out and any projects you're working on now and how okay. can we stay connected? How can anybody listening to this connect with you? Okay, of course. Thank you, Jess. Um, so right now, so I have A Second Chance, which is my first book. Um, and then I did a, uh, my self-help book, which is called Turning a Mess into a Message. Um, that book went a little deeper because I was a mess. I'm still a mess. I think, <laughs> you know, I think I'll be, I'll be lying if I say I'm not, you know, uh, uh, we're all a mess, you know, but there's always a message out of our mess. And then I have two kids. I have two boys, Armani and Jacob. So right. I wanted to kind of give them something. I said, you know what? I want to do a kid's book. I want them as they get a little older to be like, my dad wrote a kid's book and I'm in it, you know? So right. um, it's called Believe in Your Dreams. So it, dad's just talking about a young boy as myself when I was younger and I always wanted to be a firefighter. 
I don't, I don't think I ever shared a story with you guys, but I always wanted to be a firefighter for the same simple reason. I always wanted to help people and save people from fires. Um, but that dream never came true because so many people laughed and mocked me when I say I wanted to be a firefighter. That kind of took me off. I'm like, you know what? Everybody saying it's corny. I don't want to do it. I want to be the cool kid. So I gave that dream away. So I'll, I'll talk about how to believe in your dream and not let anyone or anyone take your dream away from you. Like it was like it happened for me when I was younger. So this next book I'm working on, I'm still working on it. Uh, it's called Putting the Broken Pieces Together. Mm. Love it. Love yeah. it. So, you know, once again, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a work in, pro in progress. Uh, you said that you always had a dream of being a fireman. I was going to say the same thing. And it didn't happen. But I would argue. Me too. That just like Jesus turned disciples from fishermen to fishers of men, that you are still a fireman. You're just putting out different fires. Yes, Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I had a feeling you guys were going to give me a word today. <laughs> I had a feeling. I wasn't going to end this without getting a word from you guys. So I'm excited it was coming. still a firefighter. You're still putting out fires. <laughs> and, I and it was coming. even more importantly, because you're, it's, it's mental and emotional, spiritual. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you became a fireman so for sure. Saving lives. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. Thank you for listening to another episode of Jesus and Therapy. Listen, healing is always available with Jesus Christ, and therapy can yield amazing results. Please share with a friend and subscribe, and be well. We are so excited to introduce you to our dear friend, Edison Jacquez. I'm going to give you a little bit about, about his background before we jump into our conversation. Mr. Edison Jacquez was born in the, in the Dominican Republic and moved to the United States with his family at the age of seven. He graduated from Perth Amboy High School and has a bachelor's degree in business management from Berkeley College. He is currently employed at the Passion Care Center, where he serves as a mentor and drug and alcohol counselor. In addition to his current position. He is the CEO of B Men, which is a mentoring organization. And also he is the co-founder of Beautiful, B-U-Tiful. And that is co-founded with his wife. And all of his mentoring organizations are designed to enhance the lives of today's youth. He has three literary works that he has self-published titled A Second Chance Life Lessons Turned Into Living Dreams, A Second Literary Work Turning a Mess Into a Message, and his third, Believe in Your Dreams, which is a children's book, and he is currently working on his fourth. I don't want to delay this conversation any further. He has a testimony, and I am so excited that he decided to join us in this conversation. Without further ado, please help us welcome Edison Jacquez.